me speaks more about God's grace, more about his just unbelievable love for us, more about his, his plan for us, and more about how he sees us even when we're feeling the ugliest, and even when we're feeling the most like an outcast. There's no other story, or it's hard for me to find a story in Scripture that speaks more about his love for us than the story of the Metzorah. And the Hebrew word Metzorah is the leper. And we read about the leper, as Stephanie was sharing, in this week's Torah portion. We all kind of know about leprosy, those who have been in the body of Messiah and accepted Yeshua long ago or whatever, when we were more familiar with the New Testament than we are with the Torah, for those, those of you that are like that are familiar with the leper. Because Yeshua healed a leper. So we know that. We know the story when Yeshua healed a leper. But if you don't understand the Torah foundation of the leper, the Metzorah, and the biblical and Hebrew understanding of what what is that and what that means, you only have a partial revelation of actually what Yeshua did. So I'm going to explain what the Metzorah, the leper, actually is. The leper is an absolute scum outcast. I mean the lowest of the low. The most unwanted, unloved. It is the epitome of the one who nobody wants to be around who is completely considered unclean by everybody and is just, uh, just, just an outcast of society. He is sick and people view him as contagious. Now mind you, there are, I'm sure there were many contagious diseases in the time of the scriptures. People have probably had the mumps and the measles and the flu and the pneumonia and all these types of things. There's, there's something about this leprosy where people are like, In Jesus' name, get away. Back! Back! This was the absolute scum of the earth, viewed as scum of the earth, outcast of society. It's like, it's kind of like how we viewed AIDS victims years ago. Okay? Like before we totally understood AIDS, like it was, number one, it was a, it was a contagious disease. We didn't know how we were going to get it, or if we can get it. And it was related with simple activities. So like that was a double whammy. Right? And it's like, okay, it's, it's like <clears throat> Ebola. Like, can you imagine like if somebody like had Ebola and was walking down the street? Right? Like, how would we view that person who had Ebola? We'd be like running for our lives. How dare he even be allowed to be around us? Right? And we would be you know, back on, whoa, whoa, we need running out of town, running out of dodge. That is the leper. Unwanted. In fact, in Torah, it explicitly tells the leper he has to leave the camp, live alone, live away from men, and if he's ever around people, he's got to announce himself. Okay? By going, by covering his lip, read it in the Torah portion, and screaming out, Unclean! Unclean! Now that's such an odd thing. There are many things in the Torah that can make you ritually unclean. 
back then in the tabernacle system where the tabernacle was all clean, you know, back then, you had to be a certain ritual unclean, and God put these things in, simple things that can make you unclean. If a woman has a menstrual cycle, she becomes unclean, <coughs> temporarily. You eat a pork chop, you become unclean until evening. You have any sort of emission, you become unclean until evening. There's lots of things that could have made you unclean back then. You didn't have to go screaming out, unclean, unclean. And no matter what your uncleanliness is, like if you're unclean, you touch, you know, the person that touches you then becomes unclean <laughs> until evening. It's not sin, okay? There's a difference between the unclean and, un clean and unclean in the scripture and sin. It's not sin. It's just something that God set up to, like a, a ritual thing. So you'd be in a clean state when you approach God in the tabernacle and gave an offering. And there's many things that can just make you unclean just throughout life. It's not a sin. But the only one where you got to scream out to everybody that you're unclean, unknown, it's like Megan's Law. Okay? Like, and I get that. You know, I totally understand that. But, like, you know, you, you commit this horrible sin, and now you're marked. You know? And I get it, and I understand it. But spiritually, it's like against what Adonai, how Adonai handles us when we're forgiven. Because when we're forgiving, it's, it's forgiven it's as far as the east is from the west. But same thing with this leper. Like, he's got to announce it. You know, like the one with the Megan's Law. Like, they move into a town, they got to register, okay, sex offender. You know what I mean? So it is with this leper. Nobody wanted to be around him. I mean, just the scum of the earth, viewed as scum of the earth, viewed as sick and sinful. So why is the leper viewed as sinful? That all started with Moses' sister Miriam. When she kind of went over to Aaron and sidled up next to him and said, what is Moses doing marrying this chick for? And then God came down and said, you know who you're talking about? Do you know who you're talking about? And she became leprous for a week. And since then, the children of Israel and Judaism has viewed leprosy with like God striking like a punishment because of a sin. So that was the mindset of around lepers. Sick and sinful and stricken by God. And nobody wanted to be around these people. In comes Yeshua. In comes Yeshua. Who? I always visualize it this way. I've said it here before. I visualize it this way. Yeshua was in Israel. And he was around all these holy people. He was around the Pharisees. And the Pharisees, they got it all right. They're davening. They probably wrote a lot of the liturgy that we sing. All this holiness. And Yeshua is unimpressed. Right? He's like sitting there playing jacks. Right? They're like, Baruch Atah Baruch Yeshua's like, you know, he's like unimpressed. Unimpressed. On the other side you have the Sadducees, and they're they're, you know, you 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 know, and then they're <laughs> sacrificing animals and all this holiness going on. Everybody's ooing and eyeing all this stuff that's going on, and then, you know, and but Yeshua is unimpressed. <laughs> He's not moved by that. All of a sudden, he hears in the distance, unclean. 
unclean. The same words, the words that are meant for people to hear and say, I gotta stay away. You're unclean. I gotta stay away. Thank you. I don't want to ruin my state of cleanliness cause so I can go make my sacrifice. Thanks a lot, pal, for letting me know. Everybody's going away from this scumbag. Except Yeshua, who bypasses all of the Baruch Hatas, unaffected by it, goes past the temple with all the sacrifices, unaffected, unaffected bypasses all of them, goes through the crowd, unclean, unclean. He hears that, and he's drawn to it. And then he does something rap when he's finally face to face with this level. The one who is clean. The one who is in the tabernacle. We're in this tabernacle system. The unclean were not allowed to approach at that time. He is the one. He is the glory in that tabernacle. He's the glory that fell in the Mishkan, in the wilderness. He is. That one comes out of the place of cleanliness. Comes to the leper. And he's the one who wrote, If you touch a leper, you become unclean. He's the one who wrote it. Yeshua touches the leper. And what does he do to the leper? He, what to the leper? He, it doesn't say heal. He did. It says he made him clean. And that explicitly points to the Torah clean, unclean paradigm at that point. When you had to be ritually clean to approach, then he starts a new thing where the one who is clean goes and touches. There is a lot of debate in Messianic Judaism these days. Remember last week we spoke about the counting of the Omer and when it starts and all the different possibilities of how that is, right? Remember we spoke about Torah and, do you remember? Halakha, right? Halakha, halakha, halakha. Mecca, lecca, hi, mecca, Halakha. There's the Torah, and then how you implement the Torah. Same thing with the kosher things. I can't tell you the debates that happened in Messianic Judaism. Are you allowed to keep kosher? Are you not allowed to keep kosher? Are you, what are the things that made you unclean then? Do they make you unclean now? I'm not even going to go there. Whatever you do, whatever you eat, do it unto the Lord. Do it unto the Lord. But Yeshua went to a one who was made you unclean, screamed out his uncleanliness, and touched that person, and made him, doesn't say healed, clean. Yeshua, to this day, to this day, wants to touch lepers. Yeshua, to this day, wants to touch lepers. He wants to touch lepers. The ones in society that are the scumbags of today. The church, the body of Messiah these days are doing exactly what the Pharisees did back then. Exactly. And the body of Messiah can come under judgment 
for dealing with people like the Pharisees did and not as the kingdom deals with people which is to go right into a place of uncleanliness and touch and heal. Today, Yeshua is looking to touch lepers. He changes the paradigm for how we deal with things that are ritually unclean. He goes right to it, bypasses all the holiness, and touches. That's what he does today. He's walking around town, woman with an issue of blood for whatever it was, 20 years, unclean. Unclean. Do you know what it means to be unclean? It means, like I said, you cannot go to offer a sacrifice to God. That's what unclean meant. This leper was not able to go into the system of the day and offer a sacrifice, offer a worship and a praise from, from sacrifice. He was not able to do it because of his state. What Yeshua did by cleansing him, he enabled him to be able to approach God. That's what he did. Somebody who had no right, according to the law, to go in and make a sacrifice. Yeshua touches him, cleans him, now he can go. And that's why Yeshua said, go show yourself to the priest. Go show him that you're clean now. Now you can offer your sacrifice to God. Yeshua is still looking to do that. The woman with the issue of blood. Oh, no, 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 don't touch me, don't touch me. No, 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 don't touch me, don't touch me. The clean one who lives in the tabernacle comes out of the tabernacle and in a way was made himself available to become unclean because touching these people, touching the leper, having the woman with the blood touch him, made him unclean according to Torah. But he was willing to give up a, a, a place of being clean, willing to give it up for those who are unclean, so they can go and give their sacrifice. Yeshua to this day is looking to touch lepers. Oh yeah, we touch lepers once, you know, we'll have like a, a leper outing. You know, we'll go to the backpacks for the homeless folks and spend a day with the homeless and come out really feeling really good. Until they're knocking on our door the next day. And then the next day, thank you, Lou. Oh yeah, we'll deal with people that are all screw-ups. We'll deal with them, we'll pray for them until they come the next day and they're still screwed up. Oh yeah, then we'll pray for them again and then they're still screwed up. Then we start to judge. If you read about how the leper was handled by the priest, it was so much patience. The leper would go to the priest, the priest would check him out. If there was some leprosy there, he'd put him aside, temporarily. And you go and check him out, check up on him again. What are you doing? The lepers? Okay, goes. Got to stay over there. But he'll go back, check him out. Go into his house. How's the house looking? Oh, there's a stone. Take out, let me take out the stone, put in a clean one. Let me go check it out again. That is how our Father deals with us. I am amazed by what Stephanie shared that there are two people groups that get that priestly anointing where the blood goes on the right ear, the thumb, and the tootsie. Okay? Now there's revelation around that. Why the ear? Why the thumb? Why the... Ask God and I. I'm sure he'll tell you something wonderful. 
But that is a, that is a anointing that's exclusive to the Kohen Hagadol, the high priest and his kids. That is exclusive to them. There is one other people group that gets that anointing, and that is the cleansed leper. And that is crazy, because that's how God sees the scum of the earth. We see them as unclean and we don't want to touch them. God sees them as priests. I'm grabbing onto their seat seat. I'll march into the kingdom with them. If Yeshua bypasses all these holy folks and go to them, I'm grabbing Yeshua. And if he's with the, with the lepers, I'm going to grab the lepers. May we grab the tzitzit of the outcasts of society because God sees them as priests. The whole high priest thing was a temporary job. The sons of Aaron don't got a job no more. But the leper who has received that cleansing and that anointing, that is eternal. It's amazing to me that when it talks about when you get leprosy, it says you become white as snow. I was like, why is that white as snow? When Miriam became leprosy, she became white as snow. When uh, in the books of Kings, Naaman, 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 he had leprosy, and then he was healed by Elisha, and then somebody else got leprosy, and that person was considered, became leprous white as snow. So funny that Paul brought up that verse from Isaiah 1.18. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be white as snow. So you have somebody with leprosy becomes white as snow. Why is that? It's a prophetic thing of how Adonai sees this person. Because Adonai doesn't see us the way humans see. Adonai sees the person cleansed, healed, sins that are gone. And we are called in this generation, in this generation, in this time, and in times that are coming, to go in and touch lepers. How wonderful it was we had uh, Ernst up there with the children. And for those that are kind of new here, we have an orphanage in Haiti. There's going to be a lot more to come about that in the coming weeks. Things that are important to everyone here. But I'll never forget going there. So when I went to Haiti, this is a few years ago, with Rabbi Peter, my mother is so special. Brian... Don't go. They have AIDS. They have cholera. They, they have voodoo. They're going to lock you in a room. They're going to stick pins in you. They, they, they're going to make dolls that look like you and pin pins. Don't go. Brian, it's the stupidest thing. Don't go. Whatever you do, don't go. It's your Jewish mother. Swear. Whatever you do, don't go. It's the dumbest thing. Nobody wants to go to Haiti. It's a, it's a, it's a poop hole. It's a, don't even go there. It's, it's, it's a nightmare. They're going to they're gonna kidnap you. They're going to cut your throat. They're going to put you into slavery. You're going to be bound. Don't even think of going there. So I go to Haiti. Then I come back. She's a Jewish mother. She's bragging. My son went to Haiti. <laughs> My son went to Haiti. But she was looking at Haiti in the natural. And she's like, don't go, don't go. And she's right. There is AIDS there. There is cholera there. But I'll never forget those moments. When we're with thousands and thousands of Haitians and they have sores and everything and you go and you touch them and you hug them and you kiss them and you don't even think about it. <laughs> I'll never forget that because it was a divine thing. It's something that happens, you know, when Adonai all of a sudden the reality of the kingdom comes upon you and all these things mean nothing when Yeshua is activated. I will never forget that. So we are in the time, like I said, last week of the counting of the Omer. We have the slide. The first day of the counting of the Omer is the day of Yeshua's resurrection, the one raised up. 
After 50 days, it is Shavuot, Pentecost. It is the day that he is fully manifesting in his kids. He's poured out from heaven into his kids. His resurrection is day one, and at the end of the counting, it's him poured out perfectly in you. <coughs> and the count-up is the progress to that moment. And how beautiful, in the time that we progress from the one that was resurrected, and we progress into being him, in the Torah portion, we learn about him and how he deals with us, the lowest of the low. Us, the lowest of the low, the scum of the earth. And how he will give up his own place of cleanliness to touch, to make somebody clean, so they can be right before God. So as we lead up to Shavuot, to Pentecost, we learn about the one, the Messiah, who gives up his own cleanliness so a leper can go and worship the Father in spirit and in truth. May we be more like that. He will cause it. He will cause it. He will cause it. Oh yeah, there'll be human voices. Don't go. Don't go. But when the kingdom comes upon you, there ain't nothing you can do. There ain't nothing to be able to do with that. So let's stand up and let's speak this prayer again. This is the counting of the Omer prayer. And we are on day 14. Baruch Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with commands and commands us to serve May we catch up to the reality of who you are yes. in him. Yes. The one who died for you, went up to be with the Father, and poured himself out into you so he can continue to manifest and touch lepers through you, yes, which he seeks to do to this day. Yes, in Yeshua's name. Yes,